Hosting for this podcast is made possible through mtgcast.com, which is supported by a generous contribution from quietspeculation.com, Magic's premier trading and financial news site. So this is going to sound a little weird, but uh, this is... How do I explain this? So we recorded stuff at the pre-release, and then I had the brilliant idea, hey, let's record a quick one with an old versus new, and we'll do it. Uh, and it'll be short, and we'll just append it to the end of the pre-release, and we'll have just one normal-sized episode. Will we get to talking about the various old versus new things, and we can't stop? So we sort of uh, kept going. So rather than release a three-hour episode, I decided I would just release the two halves independently. And then, rather than uh, release the two halves uh, in the proper order, which would delay me posting them by another day, or more, I just decided to release this one first. So here is the after the pre-release episode, before the pre-release episode, because reasons. Like, I didn't get a chance to work on these over the weekend because I had family things that kept popping up. These people came to visit out of the blue, and then I had to go home and have spaghetti with mom, and mom's spaghetti, you know, mom will be gone for a month. I gotta get spaghetti while I can. And uh, so, yeah, my bad. But here, like I said, here's the after the pre-release episode where we did an old versus new for uh, Golgari. And went pretty deep on it because it was like an hour and a half long. So just ignore anything you hear about music that just played and all that nonsense because I'm not going to go dig that up and stick it in. <laughs> so with that said, enjoy. And uh, brought to you by Cardshark.com, a better way to buy and sell collectible card games as usual. And okay, bye. Hey, we're back. Like time travel. <laughs> I was just about to start making a funny noise like that, but you could. Well, I, wish I, could make, I wish I could make the sound like what happens when you go through a time tunnel and chrono trigger, but that requires more vocal cords than I have. <laughs> just grow some extra ones. Come on, you wuss. <laughs> oh, no. See, I'm not seeing the Simic Doctor until Thursday. Oh, right, right. Oh, well. So we're back at the house now. We've added Dirk. Hey, Dirk. Yo. Howdy. Howdy. All of that. Howdy. <laughs> howdy ho. Howdy, howdy. howdy ho, neighbor. How do you make this work? <laughs> so we did all the pre-release stuff, and we decided, you know what? Let's see if we can shoehorn in an old versus new. You know, that thing that we did a while ago, and it sounded like it would be part of a series, and then we haven't had time to do it since Stupid then. So. freaking previews. By the way, the music you just heard was Living Dead Girl by Rob Zombie. I wanted to throw that in there because we're talking about Golgari. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah, Maybe. I think Rob yeah. Zombie definitely fits the, uh, yeah. the something something. That was... That was <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hate it when that happens, when you, you know what you want to say, but it's like, man, my vocabulary just got flushed. No, I never know what I want to say, so that's the key, it, not having standards. Yes, if you Brian, say enough just, words, you'll hit the word you're looking for, right? Exactly. Yes. But Brian, it just and then comes some. out. Yeah. Yeah. There's only so many words. You're going to get there. <laughs> All right. It's like a, it's like when you're trying to crack a code. What's the what's the most efficient method? <laughs> Brute force. <laughs> infinite, uh. infinite monkeys on infinite calculators, that sort of thing. Today's episode has been brought to you by Webster's Dictionary. 
When you can't find that word, we'll give you a thousand more to replace it. And Leighton approves of that, too. saying the kid agrees. (laughs) So, old versus new. We're going to take a look at some some of the key points that each of the Revnica and Return to Revnica guilds have in common, and just see which one's better. Yeah. So, let's start with the mechanic. You want to? Sure. Alright. Because that's the big one. So, Golgari and Ravnica block had dredge. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yes, you. Good night, did. everybody. Yep, we're out. <laughs> <laughs> so, dredge... Uh, so, any card that had dredge had a number. Like, for instance, Golgari Thug had dredge 4. Mm-hmm. Dredge says, if you would draw a card, instead you may put exactly four cards, in this case, from the top of your library into your graveyard. If you do, return this card from your graveyard to your hand. Otherwise, draw a card. <laughs> so if you would draw a card, you could do all this nonsense, or you could just draw a card. Yeah. On the surface, it seems so innocuous. You know, you've <laughs> got something... It? You've got something in the graveyard, you want to get it back, so you replace it, draw with it, which means, unless you're playing extra Howling Mines or, or anything like that, that's what you're going to draw for the turn. And the trade-off of that consistency is you're milling yourself, which means you can't do it forever, and you might mill past something else you need, like lands, because that happens a lot with Dredge. So it doesn't seem like it would be all that bad or broken. Is it broken? Is it broken? It is smashed oh. all to pieces. It's <laughs> because sometimes things being in your graveyard isn't a drawback at all. Yeah. Like he said. Yeah, with, with all the different things that can get stuff out of your graveyard and interact with your graveyard, um, so many more than things that interact directly with the library, in some ways your graveyard is just one small step away from being your hand. Yeah, because there are, there are how many cards that put a creature directly from your library into play? There's a very, very small handful, and a lot of times they even have to go to your hand first. Like with Tooth and Nail, technically it has to go to your hand, whereas Black has any number of Zombify cards. Mm-hmm. So White has several. Green yeah. even has a couple. Yeah. Blue, not so much. So Blue has Narcomoeba instead. <laughs> oh darn! Because we can't let Blue not have something. Jace would get mad. <laughs> you would so, yeah. like him when he's so, mad. So, but what does he turn green? Um, maybe. So he turns green. He turns into Garrick. Uh, so, um, yeah, it seems like it, it's okay, and you know, may, especially like if you've got dredge on a larger creature, well, then if they kill it, you can just get it back. It seems pretty good, but then it gets downright abusive when you get to some of the larger dredge numbers, like four or five, and you keep doing it, and you spill a lot into your graveyard, and your graveyard becomes, like Mike said, another resource, another hand, mm-hmm. maybe even like a hand plus. So yeah. And then what what are some do we want to talk about some remarkable cards with dredge or do we want to talk about the return to Ravnica mechanic? Do we want to hit that first? Or do we want to stay on dredge? Well yeah, if we're gonna talk about dredge, let's actually talk about dredge. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh one of the big offenders is the Golgari Grave Troll, mm-hmm. which um is one of the smallest creatures with dredge because it's a zero zero. But 
it enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it for each creature card in your graveyard. So the more you've dredged, the more creatures in your graveyard. It also has dredge of six. So there's going to be some creatures in your graveyard. Yeah. And just as an enabler itself, six is one of the largest, if not the largest number for dredge. It's the largest. Okay. Yeah, which is part of, the, which is part of the reason why Golgari Grave Troll was banned in modern. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yep. Yeah. Another one that stands out is uh, Dark Blast, because it's a kill spell. For one black, target creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn, and dredge three. Which means, if you're playing against a deck that relies on smaller creatures, you just dredge Dark Blast all the time while setting up your graveyard. Yeah. And Dark Blast is something that sees legacy play, sometimes even vintage. It's very yeah. useful. Well, I'd forgotten about that. In the other, li- yeah. Go ahead. I was about to say, the other really, really big and important one is Life from the Loam. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Brian said, sometimes you dredge past stuff you might have wanted, like lands. Well, Life from the Loam has dredge three, and it's a sorcery that says, return up to three target land cards from your graveyard to your hand. This is another one where I feel like if you're just looking at it, it doesn't really look all that powerful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you think, like we said, if you start dredging early, like literally turn two, turn three, you've only got so many lands set up. And if what you're getting back from the graveyard isn't a land, you're never going to draw another land. So that's big. So not only does this get you lands back, which you've probably dredged into, mm-hmm. But it's a sorcery. Mike, where do sorceries go when they resolve? Uh, the graveyard. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Life from the Loam is its own deck. Like we were talking about, you know, the graveyard might as well turn into your hand at one point. Life from the Loam is one of those powerful tutor effects to combine with dredge and a, and a bunch of funky lands. Mm, I love funky lands. He does, too. I feel like you were about uh, to say something about limited or what you were about to I say. I was. I was going to say, you know, anybody that played back in the original Ravnica block might remember Golgari Brown Scale, a 2-3 lizard for three, which at the time wasn't crazy, but isn't bad for a common. Um, and when it uh, put is put into your hand from the graveyard, you're, you gain two life. So, and it's got dredge of two. So you play it, it's a decent on-curve size creature, and maybe you enchant it with something like Moldervine Cloak. It's another one, and you've got a, a decent threat. And then if it jumps, if it dies, if they waste a kill spell on it, you get it back. You up, you offset some life loss, and you've got another threat on the board. So I remember playing the heck. Out of that one, probably more than like greater moss dog or anything, just because of the uh, two. And in limited, where you don't have the same sort of graveyard shenanigans, the dredge of two is not really going to hurt that much. Mm-hmm. What else? What else says dredge of two? Moldervine cloak. Chewy, you made a sound. Do you like Moldervine cloak? I liked it better when it was uncommon. It's a common in modern masters, which is crazy. Wow. What does that tell you, that it was notable enough to end up in Modern Masters? Of course, you know, so was Amaru Scout, um, which, 
But no, it's good. That it's a giant growth enchant creature. Enchant creature gets plus three plus three for two and a green with dredge of two. So again, whatever creature you have is big. It's kind of reminiscent of Rancor. Where whatever you put it on is the biggest threat and you just get the enchantment back and put it on another creature when it di- when the original creature dies. So I guess that's dredge. Yeah. yeah. There, I mean, there's a handful of other things that have it, but those are the ones that stand out to us. Like, if you want an idea of how bad dredge is, there was actually, or there is actually such a thing as a mana-less dredge deck. Yeah. Like, it's possible to build a dredge deck that doesn't use mana. Well, it uses mana, it just doesn't use land. Sorry, it doesn't use land. Yeah. Well, when most people think of mana, they think of lands, so... Yeah, so just to... Yeah, no land, just a horribly broken combo deck that does everything out of the graveyard. (laughs) And when you also consider that graveyard hate is actually one of the strongest hate concepts, by which I mean they've printed a ton of graveyard hate over the years. A lot of graveyard hate is good because it's efficient. It's usually very cheap. Look at Tormald's Crypt. Yeah, like one or zero. Yeah. <laughs> one or zero, and sometimes has another effect stapled on, so it's pretty good. And yet, and and also, it's one of those things that almost everyone prepares for. You have something in your sideboard for the graveyard deck, and these decks continue to shine. And Dredge is a good example of a deck that just, it almost doesn't even care. It's just doing its own thing, and if you slow it down... Whatever, I'm just gonna, next turn I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing. Dredge, dredge, dredge. So what does Return to Ravnica bring to our black-green friends? Return to Ravnica has the scavenge mechanic. Is it broken? No, it's pretty good. Not really, no. No. Yeah. And I'm sure everyone listening now is familiar with the way it works. You know, you have a creature. Um, and then it also has a scavenge cost, which means that when it's in your graveyard, you can pay the cost and exile it and put plus one, plus one counters on something um, equal to the power of the card you scavenged. So that's nice and useful. It's a really useful way to also continue playing things out of the graveyard and get second uses out of things. But it's not, you know, um, forever repeatable. Didn't Mark Rosewater say something uh, about there was going to be no, it wasn't Mark Rosewater. It was in that first mechanics article for Return to Ravnica that there would be a creature with variable power and toughness with um, scavenge. Do you remember um, that? And, and it didn't show up in Return to Ravnica, and I was like, ah. Um, and I don't know if it showed up later, unless you're they're using the catch-all Valros. I bet that's what Earls, they Yeah, I, I bet that's that what must they, have been what that meant. Because it gives... Well, we, we might as well talk about Varaz if we're talking about Scavenge, because that's what he does. Ha! So, uh, Varaz the Scar Striped, which is on the second page. Thank you, Gather. Uh, Varaz the Scar Striped, he's a troll warrior. He's legendary in the 2-2. And each creature card in your graveyard has... Scavenge. The scavenge cost is equal to its mana cost. And he does some other things, but that's the most important thing. So everything, all the creature cards in the graveyard have scavenge. Which is kind of cool. Because you can do some ridiculous stuff with things like uh, Death Shadow and Phyrexian Dreadnought that were never intended to have 
scavenge. Right. All those all those black demons that get Mike in trouble. Mike, maybe you can make a uh, Varal's uh, commander deck and put in all those demons that have done you wrong over the years. And you yeah. just throw them in the graveyard and, and use them for their plus one, plus one counters. Because Varals can just eat them to regenerate himself. <coughs> yep. That's a great and then they're in the graveyard, and usually they're under-costed for their effect, which both is good for getting them onto the battlefield and then <laughs> into counters. Take that, demons. Screw you, Abyssal Persecutor. <coughs> Give Varals plus six, plus six. Are there any notable creatures with scavenge? There's I like Slitherhead. Yep, yep. Because he has a scavenge of zero because he's a level one one plant zombie. In terms of in terms of impact, though, um, the only thing that comes to mind is Sluiceway Scorpion, and that's mainly just for limited. But Sluiceway Scorpion is really good. The co- the scavenge cost on it is great, and the fact mm-hmm. that it can take down a creature when it's blocking. So what's it do? Uh, for for four, it's a it's a two two with death touch, um, and its scavenge is only three. Yeah, there are some there are some creatures where the scavenge and the casting costs are pretty close to each other. There are some where they're pretty far apart, and that just depends on um, what the creature is uh, and how they want it to balance it. Yeah, yeah, like Drudge Beetle is a bear, so two two for two, but his scavenge cost is six. Yeah, yeah, because here's some, and we look, and then scavenge oh, right onto something else. Sorry, to just prevent just to prevent shenanigans. Yeah, like Xanakev Locust. Costs six for a three-three with flying, but a scavenge is a much more reasonable four. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget the Corazada monitor. I like him. He's cool. So it costs essentially four to play, but it has a scavenge of seven. <laughs> but then again, he's four for a three-three with trample. Yeah. So some of them are much better as creatures that you play, and some of them are much better as stuff that you mill and scavenge. Yeah. But but they can all do both things. And that's why Mike mentioned the Scorpion in particular, because it does a lot either way. Mm-hmm. The scavenge cost is reasonable, and it's wonderful to have a Death Touch guy, too. Uh, you can't forget about the Dreg Mangler, because for three, for one, a black and a green, it's a 3-3. Three, three. Sorry, uh, what, what, uh, the brown back, brown scale. <laughs> brown. Yes. Yeah, sorry, that guy. This is actually a 3-3 three, three for three, with haste. And then it's got a scavenge of five, uh, for three plus one plus one counters. So, that's pretty good. That's, mm-hmm. that's actually really good. I remember when they were spoiling some of these and everybody saw it and I saw it and I, I said, well, after, um, Zendikar block, not Zendikar, uh, Innistrad thought, well, definitely green black zombies is gonna be the thing now. Because it was already strong, it's only gonna get stronger. And then there were some other archetypes that um, that came around that did very well too. <clears throat> Green black zombies do pop up every once in a while and like Star City opens and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the dominant force that everyone thought it would be. It it, it wasn't the next um, Delver deck. Yeah. But it's, it's not the best thing ever, but it's still pretty good. And I think Drag Mangler was one of the reasons for the hype, because people saw it and immediately, unlike some cards where you see a great new card, but it doesn't fit into something that already exists, where people have already said, yeah, this is good, this is like, oh, this is the three drop that you wanted, and it has haste, and it has value when it dies. Merry Christmas Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Christmas Kwanzaa. Except it was in September or October, so happy Halloween. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, so how do we want to rate this? Like, scavenges is very useful, but very <laughs> limited, and dredge is completely broken. If we're talking about <laughs> terms of power, it we literally we cannot give it to anything but dredge. Dredge may be the single most powerful mechanic in both Ravnica blocks. It is. Yeah, there's no man. Um, the, as, so if you're giving it just in terms of power, it has to be dredge. If you're giving it in terms of fun and interactivity, well, part of that is very subjective. Uh, I, I've enjoyed dredge. Mike has that, do you still have that 100 card dredge deck? 120 cards. See? So it's not just tournament like crazy, you know. It, it sees a lot of play elsewhere too. So I think I might have to give it to Dredge personally, just because it's so crazy and wacky and out there, and it does, even though some people probably hate it because it is too good, it is good, and it does enable a lot of different angles to it, whereas Scavenge is just pre it's exactly what it is, and, you know, different things may do different, different cards may interact differently with plus one, plus one counters, but that's the versatility of those cards, not of Scavenge. Mm-hmm. What's someone else's take on it? Um, you seem to have summed that up pretty well. Yeah, that was well, yeah. what I do. Yeah. Well, Dirk, what do you think? Um, I have to agree. I have been on the receiving end of both of these, and I have to say that Mike's deck is far more frightening than uh, <laughs> the Scavenge one. I, I have been there when Mike ran us all over with the Scavenge deck. <laughs> and, it's, and it's weird because sometimes it just feels like I'm sitting there not doing anything. <laughs> Well, sometimes you are. It is sort of funny to be like, Mike is letting his library go to waste. Maybe we'll win because he'll just deck himself. But then all of a sudden... It never happens. Yeah, it never happens. (laughs) You're always thinking that there's that possibility, like that time he milled himself out with my um, forced fruition. But that wasn't against the dredge deck. Oh, God, if that had been the dredge deck, we all would have died. (laughs) He would have been like, okay. And you're dead. Yeah. The, the scavenge is, I mean, it is a really <laughs> neat mechanic, but like they said, it's, it's sort of limited in what it can do. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, you do get to throw around plus one, plus one counters and make your guys big, but you have to have the guys there to do it. Yeah. For them to go somewhere. <laughs> Whereas with Dredge, you need a dude? I'll have a dude out there. Just give me a sec. Yeah. Like with Dredge, all you have to do is draw a card. And you know what? You get at least one of those a turn. <laughs> At least. And I think I've heard of some ways to draw extras. Oh. Uh, yeah. Just a couple. Yeah. There's that consecrated thingy. And I think that the one thing that these guys have been beating on is that um, it's not that you can only dredge a whatever creature. I mean, you can specifically dredge the dude you want. The one particular one that always comes to mind is... Mr. Stinkweed. Oh, well, oh Stinky showed up Stinky. a lot. He's the staple of a dredge deck that's sort of getting ready to go because it's flying with essentially death touch. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you get going, yeah, that's Stinky's a great defense, and <laughs> you sh- and if you need him, he dredges for five. So. Which is a pretty high number. And of course they gave him the high number because they didn't want you to keep dredging him back over and over again in limited because he has flying and death touch. Much for the same reasons that Mike and I said that we like 
the Scorpion. He's good when he's on the battlefield, and he's going to trade with something probably much better, much more expensive than himself. And then when he's in the graveyard, he just makes everything go smoother. So, yep. Good call on the Stinky. Stinker, Stinker. I so it looks like stinky earlier. It looks like old wins the first round. Yeah, when we're talking about mechanics. Hands down. Yes. So, hey. what do we want to talk about next? Guild uh, guild mages or? Yeah, let's do the we guild. Ta- we talked yeah. about guild mages last time. So the Golgari guild mage from original Ravnica costs two black green hybrid mana. Manas? Manners? Uh, little symbols. Manai. Manai. Ha! <laughs> wow. I had no, wow. And Mike, ha, and Dirk has coined a new phrase. Uh, okay, so he's a 2 2 for 2. He's an elf shaman. And he has two abilities for four and a black and sacrifice a creature. You can get a creature card from graveyard to hand. Or for four and a green, you can put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. So that's, that's him. He, he gets critters into the graveyard, and he makes things bigger. Seems good. Yeah. It's pricey, but it works. And the here he is. The Karazda Guild Mage from Return to Ravnica is also an elf shaman. It costs a black and a green, and is a 2-2. And he has two abilities. So for one, a black and a green, target creature gets plus one, plus one, and gains intimidate until end of turn. And for two, a black and a green, and sacrifice a non-token creature, you get X saprolings, where X is that sacrifice creature's toughness. So these guys aren't even close. They're whole different ball games. Yeah, they're not trying to do the same thing. Whereas with Selesnya, it's make tokens. Uh, yeah. This is a little more diverse. Hmm. Um. The abilities on the Golgari Guildmage are more expensive. Expensive. Yeah, and they're more expensive because they're more powerful to be able to repeat consistently. To get yeah. a consistent repeatable raised dead and consistent repeatable plus one plus one counters everywhere. Um, and 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 even though even though they're powerful, to me it's it's the expense that that makes the Karazdi Guild Mage uh, more more useful. Like I I haven't played with Golgari Guild Mage in a while. But um, I could actually see myself trying to fit Karazda Guild Mage into a deck, especially especially since uh, his his first ability can be used to to give evasion and close up the game, and his second ability, you know, doesn't have any timing restriction and can be used for tricks. Oh wow, it do- it doesn't, does it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So personally, I like the Karazda Guild Mage better. I can see it going either way. I do like the Intimidate. Yeah, I keep forgetting that Intimidate is part of that until I sit and read the card for some reason. <laughs> Whereas I like, I think I'm going to lean towards the Golgari Guild Mage just because of the the permanence of the two effects. Mm-hmm. Like making a, a creature permanently bigger and being able to do that, you know, and sure it costs five mana, but being able to just do that. Yep, he's bigger now, and he'll stay bigger. That's oh, yeah. That's pretty big. Really I remember, I remember um, playing him in limited. That that green ability was amazing. Oh yeah. And then even his first ability, because you, you guys know I love to sacrifice dudes. Oh. The ability to sacrifice something paltry to get something amazing back, maybe something that you dredged past earlier, hmm. uh, <laughs> is it's it's right up my alley. You know, 
Yeah. The cost has never really been. It's a good thing I'm not rich because I would just give all the money to everybody. It's crazy. I think that's why I'm broke is because, no, <laughs> I would screw the economy. <laughs> um, for me, I, I'm i leaning in the Karazda Guild Mage direction. Even though, I mean, it, like Mike said, there is the the ability to get around. You get plus one, plus one. You get to have some evasion. But I think the second ability is is far more important than you think. And that is that you get to have, if you have a big creature that you end up sacrificing, mm-hmm. then suddenly now you've got blockers to hold off until you can get uh, your big guy set up, including being able to do the scavenging. And so I think that that, in my opinion, far outweighs uh, the, the Golgari Guild Mage. Although I will say the first ability on the Guild Mage is quite powerful. Because that definitely plays right into the dredge mechanic. Although, you know, you bring up an interesting point. The second ability on the Karazda Guild Mage works really well with Scavenge. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. But for all intents and purposes, I'm leaning in that direction of the Karazda Guild Mage. Fair enough. Hmm. So what about you, Brian? Um... I was really gonna go with Golgari Guildmage, but I'm I'm definitely persuaded <laughs> to probably go with Karazda. So I do like that it's easier to like you can play it, and then the next turn if you have nothing else to do, you can just go attack for three and intimidate really makes a big difference to me. So Yeah, I think the reason really that I like the Golgari Guildmage so much is because I can put him in a mono black deck and he he is beautiful there. I, th- yeah. I think that is a major component too, and is that it's hybrid mana, and that has a that offers a lot of potential to to a Golgari deck. Whereas the Karazda, if you're missing that other color, he's not doing you any good, whether for the co- the casting cost or his ability. Yeah, there are a couple there are a couple of the old guild mages that are good enough to play in a single color deck, and Golgari guild mage might be one of them. Yeah. Oh well. So looks like New has taken round two. So let's see. Let's look at some legendary creatures. Let's let's do the guild leaders. How's that? All right. So whoops, that's the old. So the new, no, the old guild leader. Who's the guild leader? Uh, I've, I've heard some arguments. Yeah, I've heard some arguments about this, about who exactly it is. Well, do you I mean would the, say Sovereign Queen of the Golgari. I would say the Sisters of Stone Death, at least canonically. Yeah, they, so, at the beginning of the story, the Sisters of the Stone Death were in charge. Mm-hmm. And then later in the story, spoiler alert, Savra overthrew them, thus her name. So I guess we'll start with the Sisters as the guild leaders then. How's that? Sure. I really like this card. I've always liked this card. First of all, there just aren't that many cool Gorgons. Um, for four and two black and two green, it's a seven five Gorgon, and it has three abilities, which is awesome because there are three Gorgons. For a green target <laughs> creature, block Sisters of Stone Death this turn if able, so you can force a block. For a black and a green, exile target creature blocking or blocked by Sisters of Stone Death. So that's great. It doesn't matter how big it is, it's going away and it's exiled. And then, <coughs> for two and a black, Put a creature card exiled with Sisters of Stone Death onto the battlefield 
under your control. Hey, you've got a good guy. It has to block. I attack. It's exiled. Now it's mine. And it's big and beefy. It definitely costs eight, but geez. It doesn't have death touch, but it doesn't need death touch because anything that it can block can get exiled. So Yeah, it's it's got that part covered. Yeah. That would be redundant. Even though it's super expensive, this is still a really a really uh good and fun card. Good yeah. in the good mainly because it's such a fun thing. Yeah. It's one you can try and cheat it out, out early, but you need mana for all those abilities anyway. That's what, six mana to do all those in one turn? Yeah. Yeah. I like it, but I will admit that it has a personal place in my heart, so I'm a little biased. Yeah, and having been on the, re- I've never actually played with the Sisters of the Stone Death, I don't think, but I've been on the receiving end of it. I know I have <laughs> a deck, but I can't remember if I've even gotten a chance to resolve her. Yeah. I don't know. See, the expense is a problem. Yeah. But having been on the receiving end of her, if they have six mana and they do this to you once, you're it, you're just screwed. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even have to spend all six. They, you know, I mean, when you swing in with a seven five, are you just going to not block it? <laughs> you got to do something. That's true. <laughs> well, I think the the one advantage the sisters has that I kind of wish I had years and years and years ago is when you have a stu- stupid platinum angel out, and you know they're just like, nope, I'll keep taking the damage. Well, sisters takes that away because the oh, sisters- you won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think so, you will come and block. As a matter hey, of fact, hey, come here. <laughs> Check us out. This is awesome. Hey, big man, let me hold a dollar. <laughs> Why don't you come on over here? I don't think I want to. Well, come here. <laughs> come on here anyway. Yeah, the even just for three, two green and a black. I mean, the sisters can remove the the worst creature on the board. Yeah, and then because actually, well, no, I'm just like and it is. Yeah. What? What? Te- technically, no, because progenitus is pro creatures. Yeah, so you couldn't. Yeah, so it can't be targeted. Target. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. That went out the door. <laughs> it was worth a shot. Well, unless you attack with the sisters and progenitus blocks. But then you can't target him with a second ability. That also. Never happens. mind. <laughs> that was awesome. It was worth a, tr- a shot anyway. <laughs> like no, damn it, no. nothing. <laughs> oh well. So that's 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 that. The new guild leader is Jared Jarod Jaharara, the subway guy, a Golgari Lich Lord. And he costs black black green green for a two two zombie elf. <laughs> and he gets plus one plus one for each creature card in your graveyard. And for one, a black and a green, and sack another creature. Each opponent loses life equal to the sacked creature's power. And you can swamp, uh, swamp a sack in a forest. <laughs> you, that just sounds, I'll have to cut that, that's dirty. You can sack a swamp and a forest, and get this guy from your graveyard to your hand. Wow, he's got way better dredge. <laughs> I don't think this is a, a question of, which one is just generally better? Yeah, if you're talking about generally better, Gerard's going to win. I mean, he costs a lot less. And he's and way he's more powerful. Ridiculous. I mean, I 
after he was previewed and then the set was released, I saw articles from Sheldon Mennery saying, no, we're not banning him immediately. We're going to see how this goes. And when you think about, you know, that hits each opponent, you begin to see why. So, especially in multiplayer, Gerard is crazy. And he comes down faster. He can get really big. It, it, he's the whole package and dessert topping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. As much as I love this... Go ahead. Keep going. As much as I love the Sisters of Stone Death, I think abstractly he's more powerful. But, you know, they serve different roles. Yeah. What were you going to say? I was saying um, when my brother and I played... Uh, the is it versus Golgari dual decks and some matches against each other. Um, not every game when Niv Mizza hit the board was a win for the is it side, but every game when Gerard hit the board was a win for the Golgari side. Ah, he just beat down and then burn you the rest of the way. Gotta love that green black burn. <laughs> Too bad Niv Mizzet doesn't have any of that, right? <laughs> I would hope not. <laughs> I'd call a judge on that one. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm half and half. I Oh your diet. Yeah. I am. Uh what the hell? Gerard, like I said, Gerard he he is he's going to wail and, and knock you down and eventually just <laughs> it feels like stupid people, you know. Don't get in an argument with them. They'll beat you. They'll uh. What was it? What's the phrase for it? Now I garland about, will knock you all down. They'll something that drag you down to their level or something. They'll drag you down with, to their level and beat you with experience. That's right. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> um, but Gerard, it, he is incredibly powerful in that. At the same time, the Sisters of Stone Death, they're they're big. They've got really great abilities that uh, can definitely turn the game around uh, in your favor if you if you have them, and it can definitely take the game away from you if you don't. Yeah, it's funny that if they're both in play, the sisters probably win because they can just kill him. Um, but there's a matter of getting to that point. Yeah, yeah, you have. That's the the down. The downside for the sisters <laughs> is their expense. Yeah. That's the only downside for them. These sisters don't come cheap, y'all. No, they don't. You gotta invest if you wanna get something out of them, if you know what I mean. Wow. Just wow. <laughs> this is a very classy episode the of the Manipool. <laughs> Yeah, this is one of those really interesting comparisons where you can say, okay, one card is definitely better, but the other card is definitely more fun and actually better. It's weird. Yeah. I I don't know. Should we go ahead and move on to the other legendary creatures? Yeah. See if, that, see if that's a more distinct comparison? Yeah. Okay. So the one in original Ravnica is, as we said, Savra, Queen of the Golgari. Feel me, worms. I, I don't know where that came from. I don't know. They just got lots of worms down there. Yeah. So, uh, for four, she's a 2-2 elf shaman. Whenever you sacrifice a black creature, 
you may pay two life. If you do, each other player sacrifices a creature. Whenever you sacrifice a green creature, you may gain two life. One of the really interesting things about her is what's not written on the card. Yeah. There's sacrifice a creature. Sacrifice or any sort of sacrifice outlet built into this card. Yeah. It actually requires you to do the work to get anything else, like a bubbling cauldron or, you know, play nice with Arakdos and get um one of those blood witches that sacrifices creatures. Uh, I had a uh a Sovereign Lazolda <coughs> for a long time, back before yeah. Jund was a, actually a thing. Yeah. I remember that deck. And they play those those sisters play very well together. Um so I can I I I kinda like the fact that it's not all here that you need something else to really make it go. And that to me encourages more creativity. Mm-hmm. And the payoff yeah. is worth it too. Yeah. Yeah, because Grave uh, gra- uh Grave Pact. Grave Pact is really powerful. And yes, a long time ago I decided that Grave Pact was actually uh, too broken for me, as much as I love, you know, sacrificing creatures. It was way too easy to exploit, and I swore I would never use it. And I have never have. But Savra, oh yeah, because you gotta work for that. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, um, yeah. And, if, I like how it encourages you, encourages you to stay on theme and in color, because either one of these on its own is not bad. Sack a green creature, get a card. Great. Uh, sacrifice a black creature if you got the two life. Usually, it's worth it to make everybody else sack a creature. And then, if it's a black green creature, you don't lose any life in net, and everybody else sacrifices a creature. And you, uh, did I say draw a card? Yeah, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. I meant, I meant gain two life. Cause those are the same thing. <laughs> so. Sombra so the, is a, is a general. Like if you're playing commander, Sovra's a general. She will not be beating the the other side to death. Unlike what's his face, Gerard. Yeah. But she she's great for being the coach on you're the sideline. She she's not gonna gonna get her hands dirty, like in combat. She's not gonna get all messy, but she's gonna help you get the job done. I exactly. see. She she's a general, like in the literal sense. She's standing back and letting everybody else do their thing and. Controlling what's happening, but she's, oh, okay. Whereas Gerard is knee deep in it, like, rah, I got this. Mm hmm. Worms. I'm just gonna run with that now. It's, <laughs> no. Maybe it's the fact that I was right. scrolling down and the one right before it is rolling spoil, so. <laughs> in Return to Ravnica, we already talked about the Maze Runner, smaller legendary creature, and that's the Rolls. Mm-hmm. So. He's, uh, once again, he kind of enables other stuff by ridiculous. giving everything else dredge. Or oh, I'm sorry, no, <laughs> uh, by giving everything else scavenge. <laughs> he's more gonna rum. He's more into rumbling. The dredge with. number is equal to its converted mana cost. Mm. <laughs> wow. Oh my god, my mind is gonna, I'm gonna shut down and think about what will be the most ridiculous thing right now. <laughs> Polar cracking, huh? Um, all the little thopter things. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Wow, dredge for zero? That'd be awful. <laughs> I'm gonna just get this back. Oh, I'm gonna just get this back. Oh, that's fine. 
Skip your dog, get an ornithopter, yes. <laughs> totally worth it. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, see the, sorry, sorry. So, see the, the funny thing with Vrawls, Vrawls almost is a general. Almost. He, he enables all your other creature cards in your graveyard to do this other thing. So once again, he's kind of standing back, but he's also got that regeneration thing. So he's kind of, he's, he's willing to strap the gloves on and go in there on his own. So he's sort he's of up. like Julius Caesar where <coughs> Caesar was like, yes, go do this. But Caesar has been, was known for hopping on his horse and going and hacking and slashing. Yes. And he, this guy also makes an excellent target for all the, because scavenge at its heart is about making creatures bigger, whereas dredge is not necessarily doing that at all, unless you're talking about specific cards like Moldervine Cloak, dredge is more all over the place. <coughs> whereas scavenge is make a guy bigger. Oh look, he's a guy. At least I think he is. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think that was the, when we were doing the pre-release on this, we said that Vrawl's was a incredibly strong maze runner because with that ability you can just keep stacking the the count the the plus one plus one counters on him and he just starts eating people. Yep, you you've got the versatility of you either put all your eggs in one basket and just make a huge guy that they can never deal with, or you spread them out and you've got an army of decent sized guys. So you pretty much do whichever the situation calls for. Um. As far as which one is better, with Savra, again, that kind of comes down to personal taste. Like, I never really used her, but Chewie did. Mm-hmm. But I can't help but wonder if Raz is just, in the abstract, just a little better. I mentioned that I like the fact that Savra requires you to play with other things, and, and that allows for more creativity, but Raz really does have everything included and if you didn't even have a way to get creatures in the graveyard he's got that sacrifice ability so he's more he doesn't even really need any help you just have to have other creatures who plays creatures yeah um i i, I like Farrell's better because uh well first he's he's he, he's just an all-around better car because you don't have to work as hard to make him work and um he's he, he's more useful in a lot of different situations um like i i wouldn't end up putting him in my black green dredge deck because i would never actually want to exile any of the creatures from my graveyard but if i had you know a a, a deck that was more about just running around and punching things then yeah he's he's all about that but sovereign you got to be more careful and be more deliberate about how you build a deck and how you use her she's more discerning right exactly She seems to be more of a of a build around me card than Varol's, yeah. like you just said. She's a very classy lady, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's cheap. Killing she gorgons does. and being cheap. She, she doesn't always sacrifice creatures, but when she does, <laughs> they're green and black. The um, both of them, I would say both of them are encourage you to be build around me, but Varol's. Doesn't Varls doesn't have to be like you could just stick him yeah. in a deck with other creatures and that's it. You can't just stick Savra in a deck. Yeah, I would say that Varls is the stronger of the two, and it, for exactly what you guys are talking about. And when it comes down to it, Savra is right. Yeah, Savra. Um, Savra in the end, she is 
making everybody sacrifice a creature, whereas Vrawls is making you sacrifice a creature also, except he's getting bigger. Assuming you're stacking it onto him, he's making he's getting bigger. We're assuming. And if not, then somebody's getting bigger. Then yeah. <laughs> somebody's getting bigger. I, so I, that's is, the thing with him is that he's I think he has more versatility to him. Both of them essentially are making the opponent lose creatures. But you have more manipulation with Varaz. All you have to do is throw um, a Rancor on him, and all of a sudden, now you've got a problem if you're on the receiving end. Um, this isn't old versus new, so this isn't really the focus. But I do want to point out, just because it's pretty glaringly obvious, how well these two actually would play together. Because, like, you play, like, a Slitherhead or something out. I, I realize it's already got scavenged, whatever. You just, you play a 1-1 green creature, you play a Varaz, and then you play a Sabra. Well, Varaz is your sacrifice outlet that you need, and he lets the things that you sacrificed have value, whereas Sabra doesn't really care about them once they're dead. She just cares about the killing. Um, so these two together are, like, besties. Yeah, when we did the the mechanics and everything... I originally ranked uh, ranked it and said the Golgari were low and like the the mechanics working together was very low on my list. Mm-hmm. After we got done talking everything, I I after all of this, I realized that the two mechanics, even though they are fairly different, because scavenge is on different creatures than dredge creatures, the two actually go very well hand in hand. Because you can you can dredge up the creature you want to go and do whatever specifically you want to do, and then you can scavenge things onto it to make it be able to do what you want it to do, or to keep it alive if nothing else. Yeah. So I think we all agree that Varals is the stronger of the two. Yeah. Um, so do we, with the time left, do we just want to hit other remarkable cards in each set? Just ones that really stand out to us in Golgari. Yeah, because there's lots of stuff that doesn't fall under these. That is, okay. it really contributes to the identity of the uh, of the the guild. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I want to start off with who could forget Vigor Mortis? Yeah. Because everything about it, the name you read, and you're like, because oh, it's a pun on it's, it's a play on Rigor Mortis, and it's a zombify effect for two and two black return target creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, and then if green was spent to cast this, uh, the Vigor Mortis, the creature enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. So, that's great. You get the creature back. Zombify effects, ones that don't just put them into your hand, but onto the battlefield are always really strong, and this is a little bit of an extra oomph. So, I always liked this. Um, it is pretty awesome. And I, I played it in, in limited and constructed, and now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, what decks is this not in that this could go in? Because it's one of those, it's such a classic effect. It was part of that cycle of cards of do this, and then if you spend the other guild color to cast it, get something bonus. Yeah, I remember, um, I remember Gabe had uh, a mono black deck where he played a set of Golgari rot farms just so he could randomly get the extra bonus from Vigor Mortis because he liked it so much. <laughs> It yeah, adds it's up pretty often, yeah. Yeah, that one plus one plus one counter is is pretty sweet. 
Somebody else with one from original Ravnica block or or the other, but well, I was looking to see if there were any um there was any reanimation stuff in uh Return to Ravnica, and the answer is no, and that's probably because Scavenge is already halfway there. There's kind of Dead Bridge chant, but that's random, and that's, well, that's to your that's hand. Reanimation, that's just stuff. Yeah, it's back in your hand. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking for something to directly. Um, gotcha. And you're right. That that would definitely be at odds with scavenge. Right. So, for uh, us multiplayer people, uh, vulturous zombie is always something that's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> yes. I, I, everybody knows. Uh, I, I know I'm not the only one with these, but somehow I got like five or six. So I throw them in lots of decks, and every time I play it, everybody just kind of stops and looks at it. Because it's stupid. <laughs> for Stupidly five, good. For five, it's a 3-3 three, three with flying, which is great. Oh, and whenever a card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, anywhere, put a plus one, plus one counter on Vulture Zombie. It's not a May ability. Uh, and anywhere, which means you mill somebody, you get that many. They play a sorcerer an instant. Uh, or somebody counters something, or something dies, you know. Things are going to the graveyard all the time. And in a multiplayer game, it gets out of hand right away. Oh, it's yeah. entirely possible for one person to cast one spell, and Vulture Zombie goes to, you know, double digits and kills somebody. <laughs> like, oh, I'll just Pyroclasm, and uh-oh, oh, oh, crap! <laughs> I remember exactly. a game where where Brian played this, and I'm pretty sure we were all sort of ramping up, getting ready to, to beat and wail on each other. And Vulture Zombie hits the table, and we all stopped. There's like, one. there was no more, oh, I'm going to peg, peg this creature and that. And we all stopped, and the game slowed to a crawl while that was on the board. Yeah, because if we were like, you know, terror that guy. Damn well, it, the zombie's bear. No, <laughs> nobody wanted... Nobody wanted to leave themselves open to it, yeah, because it might me. kill you. But nobody was quite willing to kill it because it might kill off somebody else first. Like Mike's looking at it and thinking, "I can kill it, but what if it kills Dark first? So it's yeah. doing the work for me. So it's that interesting tension. <laughs> yeah, I can. As long as it stays below eight, I can kill it. So I'm gonna wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait. Is that an eight and or an eight? Then one round goes by and it's up at you know eleven. I'm like, well, crap. <laughs> I'm trying to look um, at new Ravnica and see if there's anything that's that level of terrifying. And uh, I, like corpse jack menace. Gerard. <laughs> well, Gerard's a big one. That's that's true. Yeah. <laughs> See, corpse jack menace, if left to sitting there, can make everything terrifying. Yeah. But that's different. Yeah, that's Well, different. that, that, yeah. I mean, if you, it's kind of similar in the whole, if left unchecked, it will just take over the game. But, Corpse Jack Menace, uh. Needs help. Like, yeah. the, the Vulture Zombie just needs people to play magic. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, the two together. Oh god. Super ridiculous. <laughs> I guess Corpse um, Menace is the sovereign of New Ravnica. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Um, Ravnica had Elves of Deep Shadow, which I really liked for that one-drop accelerant. 
and it also kind of fixed your mana because you had the green to play the elves, so here's your black. That one damage, nah, you don't care about that. Trust me. No. I don't know if there's a one drop or even two drop accelerant in Golgari. Well, uh, they didn't get any. Well, there's a Deathrite Shaman. He's almost oh, sure to well, find yeah. it. Okay. Oh, that, that's true. And, you know, Deathrite Shaman does a lot of things. So it makes mana and takes care of those pesky uh, graveyard strategies. Except, not really. Maybe a little bit. Slows them down a little bit. Slows them down a little bit. So, another thing that was really big for, for us anyway in uh, Old Ravnica is the the getting stuff back. So, like, Gleam Crawler. Yeah. Which is a 6-6 six, six with Trample for 6. And at the end of your turn, return to your hand all creature cards in your graveyard that were put into your graveyard from play this turn. This thing was just not... It was degenerate, almost. Yeah. Uh, almost. <laughs> Sometimes it turned out to be pretty hard to, to get it going. True. Yeah. Uh, in that same vein, there was Bloodbond March, which is an enchantment that says whenever a player casts a creature spell, each player, including your opponents, returns all cards of the same name as that spell from his or her graveyard to the battlefield. And before Commander really took off and we were all still playing 60-card decks where you had three or four of the same card, I remember there was one game where it was like Sakura Tribelder and everyone, like at least three of the people were playing Sakura Tribelders because, Man, that again, was a good day. I was I one know. of those people that game. I was like, yeah! And not only is Sakura Tribelder just a great card, but Ravnica came, Ravnica block came out right after Kamigawa block, so it was like, wow, how much land can we possibly get? Because you play one and then you bring all the dead ones back. Yeah. Oh, a, whoa, whoa, response, response, I'm a sack mine, I'm a sack mine. <laughs> Whew. Well, I think in the the return to Ravnica, something that's sort of equivalent to that was uh, Deadbridge Chant, where that one, when it enters the battlefield, you uh, essentially mill ten cards into the graveyard, but then you get to have your a, a card in your graveyard randomly picked, and if it's a creature, right onto the battlefield. Well, bam. And if not... You still get it. You still get it back. So if it's a, if it's like a Doomblade or something, you still get it. It just doesn't go into the battlefield because that wouldn't make any sense. It wouldn't make any sense, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I've Hi, I'm my Mr. Sorcery. Ha! I'm, I'm Mr. Doomblade. <laughs> I'm Doomblade guy. Oh. oh wait, no, that's Die to Doomblade guy. I was this close. <laughs> oh. And there's also um, uh, is it treasured find or. Treasure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, treasured find. That's pretty good. Yeah, for your get stuff back sort of thing. Hmm. Another thing that uh, just Golgari in general, because it's black and green, can do is just blow stuff up. Yes, they are known for the killing. So, like, just looking at old uh, Ravnica there, what does this do? It's freaking sideways card. Oh, oh, that's something else. Okay. Like, there's Punishment from Crime and Punishment, which, uh, X a black and a green, destroy each artifact, creature, and enchantment with converted mana cost X. There's, uh, where'd it go? Hang on, hang on. There's bound. Uh, there, bound is, is, bound is, is returning stuff to your hand. Yeah. There, I, was, stuff. I was looking at this, I was looking at the sideways stuff, sorry. There's Plague Boiler, which blows stuff up. 
Yeah. Destroys all non-land permanents when it has three or more plague counters on it. There's Dark Heart of the Wood, which destroys your own lands. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> I was never and, that big a fan. And then there's one of the best removal spells ever in Putrefy. Ever. Putrefy <laughs> is so banging. So oh, yeah. uh, it's old, so you guys might not know this, but it's one a black and a green. It's an instant. And it destroys an artifact or creature and can't be regenerated. Which, this you know, is a so phrase they haven't, they haven't done in a while. Like, Doomblade, you know, regenerate. Yeah. Sure. Uh, even, like, Planar Cleansing, regenerate. So, imagine if they had something like this now. Oh, well, dude, it was the it, equivalent it, of a Dark Banishing, and the, because it had green, it can actually destroy artifacts because of yeah. Naturalize. Yeah. yeah. Or Oxidize, specifically. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, we're talking about blowing stuff up in the new Ravnica... Kolgari also gets to blow plenty of stuff up. Um, you have a parallel to the punishment half of Crime and Punishment in Caves of Granite, yep. except that hits everything that costs X or less Yeah. instead of just things that cost X. Um, it does cost an extra black, though. Yeah, but that's okay. You'll live. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 Abrupt Decay is another really useful yeah. and versatile, really- very versatile. Piece of removal. There's a lot of stuff it kills that you wouldn't initially think about, but it yeah. actually does. And you're like, oh man, that's awesome. Uh, and, some reaping. Yeah. <laughs> they also printed a, a real, another really useful and, and versatile removal spell in, uh, Putrefy for just, uh, a black, a green, and one. It's an instant destroy target artifact or creature. It can't be regenerated. And that is so See, good. Can you imagine kinda, if we had that back in the day? That would Yeah, been, this, this kind of harkens. Helpful. This kind of harkens back to older cards like Terror and Dark Banishing, where they would include that can't be regenerated just because that was on every black creature spell. Because what's the point in killing it <laughs> if, if it, it can regenerate? Die. <laughs> so they haven't, they haven't done that in a while. So Putrefy is really is really kind of like a an homage to that sort of spell. Well, and the neat thing too is that it has a green mana in it, I and mean, it's the same cost as, as Dark Banish, so that way it can target artifact things like we can, like, uh, uh, naturalize and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, so, if, you know, you got one of those equipments like Haunted Mail, which is ridiculously good out, you can blow that up even when it's not a creature. Oh man, there's, uh, and, but I notice New Ravnica has even more ways to blow stuff up. Their rites of reaping can pump something and kill something. Frickin' yeah. uh, drown in filth can, uh, like, mill you while hopefully killing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Frickin' Golgari charm can, you know, shrink everybody. It's, it's so much more violent nowadays than it was back then. <laughs> I, I, I think there was plenty of death and doom and destruction going around back then. <laughs> So, do we want to sum it up? I think we've hit pretty much all the highlights. Yeah. Oh, the one thing we didn't talk about was how Rot Farm Skeleton has not quite Dredge 4. That's true. Yeah. He has almost Dredge 4. Yeah, like he costs mana to do so, but it's his mana cost, so it's like getting him to your hand and then playing him again. But yeah. you don't have to be drawing a card, and you can only do it at sorcery speed, which is the only time you could recast... A dredge creature, anyway. So yeah, it's it's almost dredge four. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I really wanted him to be good, but four mana is just a lot to pay for a creature that can't block. Yeah. Yeah. That can be pinged a lot by like. Uh, Every. Who's that? 
Yeah, who's that guy with haste that pings creatures? The is it guy? The, oh, the static caster. Yeah, there you go. That's a thing. So that exists. <laughs> that's a thing that exists. So this whole four one, uh, and then there's like pillar of flame and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. So so how do these two stack up? Well, they actually have. Hmm. Looking back at the at them as a whole, one of the things that I notice is that Return to Ravnica, even though the focus on the graveyard is a little different as far as scavenge versus dredge, where you're focusing more on using that one creature card to simply buff something else. Uh, both of them, re- it remains fairly true. They feel like they're very similar, and I think you get a lot of that when we talk about how well these play together, because they're still doing a lot of the same things. There's yeah. a my, there's the plus one plus one sub counter sub theme that you see in the Golgari Guild Mage, and the and the uh, Vulture Zombie that carries over into all of Scavenge. There's all this sort of graveyard interaction. We're getting things back. So a lot of things we've talked about, uh, they they feel very harmonious together. And there was a, a token generation sub theme that was bigger in uh, original Ravnica, you know, Golgari Germination, yes. which we didn't even talk about. And uh, wait, was that it? Really? No, there's more. There's got to be. No, maybe mm-hmm. not. I think it was just that plus all the Celestine stuff. I, yeah. Also play because it was green. Yeah, which that you gave know, the they, impression of a bunch of tokens yeah, everywhere. Somebody pointed out in a an email or a comment or something that we didn't mention the. Fists something enchantment. Fists of Ironwood. Fists of Ironwood give a creature trample and get two saps. Yeah, that's and because it doesn't have a watermark. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, he said that. He's like, I know this is why you didn't talk about it, but it was really good for Selesnia. And, yeah, yeah well, so I, there wasn't really a Sapperling sub theme in Golgari, no. except for Golgari Germination. But and then, there's the uh, Karaz the Guild Mage who keeps that up over here all yeah. by itself, it looks like, too. So there's the very, very, very minor thing. But that also allows it to play well with other other guilds. guilds. Yeah. So So never mind. Just ignore all that that I just said. (laughs) (laughs) Boo. Bad at this comparison. Oh, well. The the creature size seems to be pretty comparable. We think about creatures being better now than before. But I think part of that has to do with the fact that... They still are slightly better. well, but every creature, just in terms of size and stats, every creature in that was scavenge has that extra ability, extra versatility, uh, so that it has to, it ha- they have to account for how good is it on the battlefield and how much is it pumping later. Yeah. So. That is very true. Wood Wraith, Wood Wraith Strangler is still awful. <laughs> and always was. And always was, and if in case you're wondering, it was never worth it. Nope. Not once. Maybe once, but that's because someone, like, they just threw some cards down. They're like, they weren't playing a game. They're like, look, best case scenario, and then you do that and it's worth it. Shut up. If you've ever won a game using Woodwraith Strangler, send us an email. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I think it's, it's really interesting how some of the guilds that we, we will get to, uh, Almost took a left turn at Albuquerque and have gone in a very different direction. Uh, whereas Golgari stayed very true, but, um, 
kind of, I'd still approach the graveyard, but in a slightly different way that wasn't broken. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Nah. I think you summed it up. Yeah, yeah. That's what I do. Thank you, counselor. Oh, <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> so how about some final thoughts then, Mike? Okay, final thoughts. Um, Brian, uh, you were not kidding about that dragon deck in duels being bad. Oh, you tried oh, it out, huh? Oh, boy, yeah. I mean, I finished unlocking it, but wow, that took a lot of effort. What do you mean, you like the whole thing? Yeah. Dang. You have a lot of time on your hands, Mike. Well, how, how, when, when did you start? Like a long time? Um, well, no, I mean, like, I, let's see, if, like, if, uh, if, if I sit down and play for, you know, an hour and a half and two hours, I can get a deck halfway unlocked. Wow, you So really it took good. two, well, I'm also um, maybe a little quick on the draw to say, screw it, re- restart game. You know, if something's getting really bad, so oh, okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't waste a lot of time. <laughs> you don't see it, okay? But so you, I, I, I don't compulsively restart. But if something is like, no, I don't want to, no. So, but your point was, you agree with me that it was, difficult? it was rough. Yeah. Okay. I almost completely gave up trying to beat the Simic clones encounter. But I was finally able to do it. Wow, yeah, that would be wow. Did you ever draw a uh, Maelstrom Pulse? Yeah, rarely, and when I did, that helped a little bit. But it still, did, it still didn't always end up working out. <laughs> I fully unlocked it as well, although um, you know, only very recently. I think by the end of it, you do get there's two Maelstrom Pulse, three pulses. Okay. Yeah, there's three pulses. I think it's worth unlocking all the way. But it is such a job getting yeah. it there. Okay, well, I'm, I'm glad you agree with me. I always like when people agree with me. That's cool. <laughs> I agree. I like it when people agree yeah. with me, too. I guess I have a small part, two to my final thought. Overall, when talking about Golgari, overall, it's kind of hard for me to compare the two because I've played so much with old Golgari cards, like for years, like for almost a decade even. But I don't. I only have experience with the new Golgari cards from just like um, pre-releases and stuff, so I, I I don't know what to think. Like for me, the old Golgari is still more fun because I've had more fun with it, but that's mostly because I haven't played a lot with the new cards. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, don't everybody's know. got a, everybody's got a little bit of personal bias. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Word. How about you, B? Uh, well, <coughs> kind of like Mike did in two parts. First, just addressing what we just did. Um, I think it was really interesting, and I won't repeat all my comments. Just I like how how many things from the old Golgari mesh really well with the new Golgari, and we're going through it. We're like, oh, my God, this would be great together. So I like that. For the second thing, unrelated to Golgari, <coughs> we uh, opened up the prize packs. I got five packs for going three and one at the pre-release, and how we did this was uh, we've gotten salmon on a little bit, We'll let Sam open the booster pack. Carrie will get it started for her, and then Sam will hand the cards one at a time to Carrie, and Carrie will tell me what they are, and sometimes they're in booster order, and sometimes they're in whatever order Sam wants them to be in. <laughs> and so we started unwrapping them, and um, there was the first pack had a mutable. I'm like, that's really good. That's really, really good. Now I've got two. Uh, the second pack had a planar cleansing. I'm like, this is, this is not going badly at all. The third pack 
had a uh, ring of three wishes, and Carrie's like, "Hey, it's a mythic." And she told me which one was. I was like, uh, "Okay, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'm not unhappy. It's not my favorite, but I'll use it." And then there was the fourth pack, which I'm going to skip. And the last pack had <laughs> the last pack had opposing sovereign. So overall, things are going pretty well. The fourth pack. This is where the story is. Carrie gives the pack to Sam. She's torn it so that Sam can just kind of slip it out of the, out of it. And she tells Sam, go throw the booster pack, go throw the wrapper away. <coughs> so Sam goes to the trash can. And we hear open, and she's like, uh oh, mommy. And we're like, what? And she's like, all the cards are in the trash. <laughs> and I'm like, uh oh. And I go over there and I, you know, I'm playing along with them so I don't look at what any of them are and they're all on top. There's nothing nasty. There's no like raw chicken or anything in there. Um, but we're just kind of laughing about it and I take them and I give them back to Sam and Sam gives it back to Carrie and she starts with the rare and Carrie's like, wow, yeah, I guess this one's okay to throw away, right? And I said, what is it? Because I'm not looking. <coughs> and she says, right? Meaning, like, I'm supposed to look at it. I look over, and I'm like, because it's a Chandra. (laughs) So my Chandra, for about two seconds, was in the trash. (laughs) So, yeah, those are some pretty good pulls for five packs. That is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. That's good. Yay, trash Chandra. So now I've got one, so I've only got three to go. Call me, Bill. Don't call Mike. He doesn't love you anymore. (laughs) Okay. Word. How about you, Zerk? Um, Wait, was that it? You said yeah, two that parts. Was, was that both parts? Yeah. Well, the first part was the rat was the. Go oh right. Part. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm very much looking forward to the next uh, old versus new episode. See what the guys we all decide to come up with for the next uh, guilds do. Uh, on a personal note, been uh, in uh, grad school, I'm currently taking a technology class, and I was telling Chewy that uh, one of the blogs I had to do uh, for the class, I had to pick a, a program uh, from a, a list that we had. It was a, a site called lynda.com that has, like, training videos and everything, and I picked uh, mm-hmm. Audacity, which is the program we use uh, to record, uh, do the podcast and everything. And uh, a lot of the new programs we've been going through, I'm – don't, the one thing I hate is that you go through one of these classes and there's so much great stuff that you, you learn and you take, but you have to wait uh, for about a month before you can actually think about trying to incorporate it into your class or, you know, just trying to, to do something with mm-hmm. it. And so it's like, I'm, I'm scrambling to try and, you know, to hop, uh, to bookmark a lot of the stuff and to do some of it, like uh, an example of one that I played with today was Symboloo uh, uh, with two O's on the end. Um, but, yeah, there's so many great uh, things that I've been learning and everything from this. So I'm really cool. excited about trying to, to add this to the class and, and trying to get the kids a little bit more engaged through technology and see, if that, see how that affects it. What is that all about? What, technology? Yeah, sorry. It's almost like science. What has it done to us? <laughs> it's almost like science, not quite. <laughs> well, some people, technology is magic. It's <laughs> almost like science. <laughs> All I know cool. is I turn the TV on and the pretty pictures come on. Hell yeah, pretty TV pictures. Mm. Um, 
actually the the I have to do a second blog post tomorrow, and we had to choose some like a cool tool technology thing, and I'm did uh, Spangler Science. I don't know if you guys have seen any of the videos, but it's a, a guy who's sort of like MythBusters except without the hot girl. Um, Lame. <laughs> okay, and like. But he, he does like big experiments and and has actually done a bunch on TV where, uh, like. My favorite one was the April Fool joke where because of water tension and pressure, what you do as an April Fool's joke is you take a bottle and you write, do not open, and you poke pinholes into the bottom of it, like so that it, the pinholes are pointed to the people. And as long as the cap is screwed on, the pressure keeps the water inside of the bottle. But if someone opens the bottle, the pressure is released, and all of a sudden the water starts shooting out the bottom and will get you wet. That Great April nice. Fool's joke. So, but it was stuff like that is what uh, what it has, and so that's another one that I want to go through some of the videos and see if I can incorporate them into my classroom whenever we're going over the topics. Pretty Great cute. stuff. Don't I'll have to take time to see if I can incorporate it. Spengler science, huh? Mm-hmm. Let's look that up. Is is uh? It's oh, what is it? I don't know. It's it's uh. It certainly is. <laughs> totally. There's a special name for it. It's, it's something. It's something science with an apostrophe at the end. I'm holding out for Zedmore science. Zedmore. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right then. So I guess that leaves me, and I actually have no final thoughts. So I hope you've enjoyed this three-hour episode of the Mana Pool. Yeah. By this point. Sorry about that. And uh, yeah. So. <laughs> hey, at least we did another old versus now. It's true. <laughs> yes. So uh, next one is in what three months? Something like that, yeah. So shut up, let me wrap this up. <laughs> so you can find us in all the usual places: Facebook, Twitter. That's mostly me. Send us an email. Go comment on something on the website, themanapool.com. Oh yeah, the email is dorks at themanapool.com. And yeah. just get in do touch with us any way you want to. Do send us an email. It's always interesting. We just uh, helped someone get in touch with Uriah to get a CMDR deck video submitted <laughs> yeah he didn't know how to do it before until he asked until he started talking to us about it and i just jumped right out you're i talked to this man <laughs> so yeah we are here to help <laughs> but oh well all that good stuff this has been see this should be 286 really wow i think so that is that is nonsense slowly marching up to 300 aren't we oh don't remind me i feel old you hit that big three oh oh. So how long have we been doing this podcast? Because at some point I was trying to, I was talking six you know, years. It's going on six years. Six years. It's okay. easy to remember for me because it was the year I got married and we just sat, celebrated our six year anniversary. Yeah, in November it will be six years. Oddly you guys enough, guys are old. You shut up. <laughs> Said the second oldest guy here. Your face is old. Or something. That is. Yeah, it is. Lots of white hairs in my beard, so yeah. Aww. Oh, well. Yes, November 2007 is when we started. November 10th was actually the first, uh, when when episode one went out, the old man's birthday. Yeah. So, all right then. So, this has been episode 286 of the Mana Pool. Thank you all very much for listening, and uh, go play some magic.